the backlist and chill. Yes, welcome to our podcast. We have started a whole new season. Super excited. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. So, uh, if this is your first backlist and chill, you have to fight. What? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. <laughs> hi, I'm Sina. I don't know what we're doing exactly, but I'm here. Good. Very good, very good. This is Backlist and Chill, where we drink booze after we have read books from our youth days. Our youth days. Our youth days. I'm not actually drunk right now. I'm just goofy. Oh, I am a little tipsy. That's good. I gotta get there. I've only had the one cup, half cup, whatever this is, of the wine. I've gotta open up my other wine. Uh, yeah, so Backlist and Chill. We mm-hmm. drink, so content warning, there's booze. Content warning, we tend to swear and get ridiculous, so if we're not your thing, pop on out. <laughs> Welcome to season three. Who are we chatting about? LJ Smith, finally! Woo! Woo! Queen! This is exciting. I've got some I've got some thoughts, and it's gonna be a good time. <laughs> I mean, we are starting with uh the worst series, but it's also <laughs> God, maybe, the worst one. Oh, God. maybe the funnest series. Uh, so Yeah, so this is uh the Vampire Diary series. The first book is called The Awakening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you drinking? Well, no, you know what? I'm going to tell what I'm drinking first, since okay. mine's very simple, and yours is more fascinating. Wait, hold on, hold on. Ollie, what are you drinking? Oh gosh, Zena, thanks for asking. So, welcome. Long story short, uh, I ran out of absinthe. So, oh no! I decided I would pick up some wine. I'd be real basic. I'm your Mm -hmm. your wine auntie today, and I've already had a little bit of pink moscato by Barefoot. Seven dollars, yes. And then I picked up a nine dollar bottle. Of Wild Vines, Blackberry Merlot, and I don't like reds, but we'll find out if this is okay. Thanks. Wild Vines is my favorite, uh, Mm -hmm. but not this one. I've never had it, so I'm going to pour one out for uh, L.J. Smith, Vampire Diaries, The Awakening. Um, This is on theme, though, because Elena is definitely the kind of white girl who get drunk on wine. Well, and that was my thinking, too. I was like, I'll do a red, and like, this is basic shit... And, oh my god, it's so dark. This is really good. Alright, so I'm gonna take a little sip. It's so dark and I better never spill this on anything. (laughs) Doesn't taste like wine. We're good. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. It's like grape juice that doesn't taste super sweet. Ooh, that sounds good. Ah, excellent. And what about you, my dear Senna? What are you drinking today? Oh, man. So, let me tell you a story, kids. Mm. Mm. Story about the time I googled Vampire Diaries cocktail <laughs> and got a result. Not the first one, oddly enough, but you know, further down the page, there was a drink called the Vampire Diaries, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it!" <laughs> so it's made out of uh, strawberry syrup. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, you know, red, etc. Mm-hmm. It's also made out of pepper vodka. I'm very excited to hear about this one. So I went to the the liquor store and I spent $20 on a giant bottle of pepper vodka that I knew it was going to hate. <laughs> oh no. Maybe the dumbest thing I've ever bought because it's like nobody's, this is for nobody. It's for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I Who cares made, if I'm drinking pepper vodka? Nobody. could have made something good. 
I could have made something that tasted nice. This is but a dare honey, for honey me. darling, sweetheart, you've got four books to make this pepper shit work. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't even have one. You know why? Because I made it downstairs an hour ago, and I took my nice picture. It's on Twitter. You could see it. And then I lifted it to my nose, and I smelled it, and I was like, wow, this smells like fucking ass. <laughs> You're like, I'm I- out. <laughs> I, I put a little bit into my mouth and guess what pepper vodka fucking sucks oh no save it and i'll come visit and i will also be tormented <laughs> it tastes like dirty socks uh, it's terrible uh, it's gross pour it i out. took one drink and dumped it out oh you dumped it out <laughs> i dumped it out it was awful <laughs> i couldn't even do a little bit i'm sorry Ooh. i'm sorry so you know what <laughs> today we're drinking rum and coke I Elena tried. thought she would try something fancy, and then she was like, nah. "Nope," <laughs> and then nope. grabbed a Roman Coke and some nope. fucking wine. <laughs> oh, it's so gross! So thanks, patrons. You've helped poor Sina here. Yeah, you've learned don't do pepper vodka. Don't do pepper. It's really gross. It's not worth it. Well, I'm glad that uh, my nine dollars of this Blackberry <laughs> Merlot has worked out, and this bottle is enormous. I'm going to drink this for all of our vampire diaries. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) All right. So we know what we're drinking. I'm going to read the blurb. Do it. Do it. Let me swing on over to... Because I don't think... All right. So I'm reading this reprint soft cover that that you sent me. And I appreciate it from your magical fucking thrift bookstores. You're welcome. They're the best. They're amazing. And so this is one of the reprints. It's the cover from when the CW series was like first coming out. I definitely saw these books when I was working at Borders back when that existed and was like, oh, look at that. Those are those books that so many of my friends like. Oh, it's getting a TV (laughs) series. How nice. The book is from the year 1991, though. And I'm going to read you what the back of this says. So this is a double edition. So it's got The Awakening and The Struggle, which we've only read The Awakening. So I'm going to read you what the back of my book says, and then I'm going to hunt down The Awakening. The old school summaries are very good. And the old school covers were super fun, too. I love them so much. I would really enjoy seeing a return to these kinds of covers. Me too. More pulp covers, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's very pulp. Very pulp. Uh All right, uh so let's see. A Deadly Love Triangle. Elena, the golden girl, the leader, the one who can have any boy she wants. Stefan, brooding and mysterious, he seems to be the only one who can resist Elena, even if he struggles to protect her from the horrors that haunt his past. Damon, sexy, dangerous, and driven by an urge for revenge against Stefan, the brother who betrayed him. Determined to have Elena, he'll kill to possess her. Collected in one volume for the first time, volumes one and two of the Vampire Diaries, the tale of two vampire brothers and the beautiful girl torn between them. So that's pretty close. Yeah. What do you got? I sent it to you. Oh, all right. A love triangle of unspeakable horror. Elena searching for the ultimate thrill. She vowed to have Stefan. Stefan, haunted by his tragic past, he struggled to resist her passion. Damon, driven by revenge, he hunted the brother who betrayed him. The terrifying story of two vampire brothers and the beautiful girl torn between them. Yeah, it didn't change much. In fact, the version that you have might be the version that was on the back of one of the later ones. I don't know. Yeah, no, they they definitely stuck with it. However, I would like to point out it's wrong. 
<laughs> okay, go on, go on. <laughs> because Damon is not these things. Wait, what did it say Damon was? That he's sexy and dangerous, and that he's determined to have Elena and will kill to possess her. Oh! I did not get that vibe from book one. Like He, he literally says that. Shh, no. That's only at the end. <laughs> Well, I mean, Damon's barely in this book, but he does yeah. say it. I mean, he does say, eh, fuck off, I want her. But, like, it doesn't feel the same level of intensity that this blurb sets up. Ollie. Ollie. What? what? You, just don't, you just don't see the signs, man. <sighs> the The signs of him stalking her. The signs of... I think he saw her in France, but we'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> the signs of him stalking her... And trying to manipulate her like he does Mm. every other girl. And Elena being the one girl who Who resists his manipulation. (laughs) And Stefan being the one guy who can resist hers. (laughs) And then everybody's in love. And that's just how romance works. Alright, so this book was was written in the late 80s. Clearly. Maybe like 89 or something. Like it was... From what I remember in the discussion most recently, like, she was hired for this job. Correct. And, like, fucking blew it out real fast. She was just like, bam, here. She had to write each book and edit it within three months. Three months. Ridiculous. So unlike our previous ones where, like, with Annette Curtis Klaus, we could look at it and go, yeah, no, there was a process here. There was a lot of time or Amelia Atwater Rhodes, where it was like, okay, so you, you wrote this, and then you wrote a whole bunch of other stuff, or you wrote a whole bunch before it, mm-hmm. and then this one, and then other stuff. Like, this was, hey, what if you wrote these books in three months? Okay! She was commissioned to make, and I quote, a special high-class vampire trilogy. Yeah, and she was like, here you go, special, high-class, give me money. And, uh, yeah, so we know that these are definitely influenced by the 80s. And yet, they do a pretty good job of feeling very early 90s to me. Okay. So, like, I I appreciate that it doesn't just feel like this person is out of touch, because she's very young at this point. They don't feel that level of awkward. There's still awkwardness, but... (laughs) Hey, hey, guess what? What? She keeps writing these into her 50s. (laughs) You can tell. Yeah, well, but the first book... The first huh? book you can't. <laughs> it is a product of its time. Yeah, no, it it is it does a good job of, like you said, not feeling too older librarian slash momish writing for teens. Yeah, because when you're writing stuff now, or, you know, ten years ago, for characters that are set in the 90s, but, I don't know, probably up trying to update them, eh, whatever. Y- you can't. You just, just make it historical, it's fine. <sighs> Alright, so we've read the blurb. Mm-hmm. We should uh, talk about the cover. Yours is the face, right? Mine is the face. It is, I believe, Stefan's face. It's got, like, the classic Vampire Diaries uh, scrawl written across it in white, kind of, like, gothic looking. And then it has a red ribbon with black text that says The Awakening and The Struggle, the New York Times bestselling series. At the top it says Now a CW series. It gives a little... Link, and then L.J. Smith in big block red letters. Mm-hmm. And we have what probably is Stefan's face. That classic 
late 2000s half a person's Facebook cover. Right. We see his like brown gold eye and his super pale, definitely just walked out of a haunted house makeup (laughs) face and his lips slightly parted. And there's just a little smear. Honey, you got a little something right there. A little bit of blood (laughs) on your lip. Um, But we can't see his hair. Presumably it's dark. He's got these like really slanted down eyebrows. It's very young angel look going on. That's it. That's that's what that is. I like the typography a lot, though. I think Mm. they, for something that's super simple, I think they did like a pretty good job of making it look interesting. Yeah, like I know what this is when I see it. And when I saw it back in the year 2007. I was like, yep, those are about vampires. Why? Because it says it right there. <laughs> the problem with all of the L.J. Smith reissues is that they had this Vampire Diaries aesthetic, and then they kept it for mm-hmm. all of the series that they reissued. So you cannot oh, yeah. tell Vampire Diaries from Secret Circle from yep. more Vampire Diaries, because they all look the fucking same. Yeah, I have a couple of the Night World ones that are the omnibuses reissued. Those and are trash the covers. Thing. Yeah, it's just the same. But, hey, whatever, they didn't care about the covers, they cared about the monies. No, just make it look like Twilight, put it out, Get <laughs> buy it. Yep. What's yours look like? Mine is beautiful. It's that early 90s illustrated cover. It's not quite as pulpy as the Night World books get, where, like, you really look like they could have come off, like, an EC Comics kind of thing. <laughs> but it's really good. It's got a torn page dividing uh one third from the other two thirds and that has most of the text it's got the vampire diaries and this nice gradient like Mm. scrawl kind of cursive and then the awakening and some dramatic gothy font and then volume one lj smith the deadly power of love and then the image, it's a really beautiful illustration of mm-hmm. Elena's face with her hair flopped in front of her. Like, she really definitely needs to just kind of brush that away. <laughs> or Stefan needs to. <laughs> There's a moon in the background, and then her face is kind of covered up by, like, a, a raven's wing. Uh, and you can see, like, the outline of a bird or a giant crow. her face, too. Yes. Oh, yes, a crow. I'm sorry. It is a crow. Uh, And then down at the bottom, you have a hunched figure walking down uh, railroad tracks or a path in a forest. And that's probably Stefan because his collar is popped. And they do mention uh, that Stefan pops his collar. That's true. I fucking love these covers. I love the old LJ Smith covers. Yeah, you know, sometimes like a cover just sinks into your brain matter and you go, this is what I like. It's a good, good cover. So we shall move on to, uh, you are going to be discussing what the plot is, since I'm terrible at summarizing, especially. So, uh, I do have the plot of this book laid out, but first, Mm? uh, you guys may not know this, or you may know this, LJ Smith has an official website, (laughs) and on her official website, she has a bunch of snippets and deleted scenes and then just sort of prequel short stories or between book short stories. She's just got like a shit. She's got her own fanfic section, basically. I did notice that when I was looking for the Goodreads thing where it was like, Matt and Elena, first date. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, no. (laughs) Yes, she does. There are so many, Ollie. There's at least one, possibly two for each book. Guess what? I read them. So there are two that take place before the first book of Vampire Diaries. There's Matt and Elena, first date prequel story. That is the full title. 
Yep. Uh, and then there is Matt and Elena, 10th date on Wickery Pond. These are absolutely useless to the story. You do not need to read them. <laughs> but I did ask you, I was like, should I read them? And you're like, no. No, don't do it. <laughs> because it's much better if you save yourself the trouble because they are very boring. And if I just tell you about them because they do get wacky. Please. So the first one is Matt and Elena's first date. It's basically just Matt preparing for the date and then them going through it. It emphasizes how poor Matt is because he's just like, okay, I spent this much to get a new jacket. I spent this much to get new shoes. I hope Elena doesn't mind that I have a junkie car. Like, it's just Matt being like really insecure about his poverty. But he has a hundred dollar bill. That his Uncle Joe gave to him. This is 1992 money. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, that's a significant amount of money. (laughs) So he has a $100 bill that his Uncle Joe gave to him. His Uncle Joe put in his hand and he said, Matt, don't spend this on stupid shit. Spend this on something important. And Matt has decided that he's going to spend it on his first date with Elena Gilbert. So he picks her up. And he takes her to a fancy French restaurant, and it is literally just them at the restaurant. <laughs> and what? It's just a lot of Matt, like, fawning about how pretty Elena is, and like, oh, she's not just pretty. Like, she's really cool, and she knows about football, and, you know, she's easy to talk <laughs> to. Like, it's just Matt being like, oh my god, Elena is the perfect He's so woman. stunned. He's just in love. Yep. The only conflict is that Matt loses the hundred dollar bill. <gasps> Matt, Matt, that's a lot of money, Matt. He freaks out because he's like, oh my god, I can't pay for this. What are we going to do? And and Elena like mentions like, oh, I didn't bring my wallet with me or something. And so he tells Elena eventually. She's like, oh, Matt, I know what we're going to do. And then they end up just ordering a dessert. And the the waiter gets really mad at them because he's a snobby jerk waiter. And then... They just, oh, Elena isn't as snooty as I thought she was. Her favorite restaurant is actually a burger joint. Oh, wow. We have so much in common. Mm. And then at the end of the story, this old couple is like, oh, you young kids, you're having such a good time. Oh, by the way, young man, you had this hundred dollar bill stuck to your shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, now Matt's still got a hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. And that's that's the end of the story. It's just them being like, ha 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 ha, we had the hundred dollars the whole time. The hundred dollars was in you. But there is a great scene as uh, Matt meets Elena as she comes down the stairs for the first time. And he sees her in her beautiful outfit, which is described in detail. Mm, naturally. He's standing there and then there's the sound of giggling nearby and he turns around and he sees all of Elena's friends standing in the next room staring at him. No, I hate them. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. This is so good. They looked like a rainbow. Dark-haired Meredith Sules, wearing something comfy-looking and lavender. Caroline Forbes, more formally dressed in turquoise. Maybe she was going on a date, too? Dainty, diminutive Bonnie McCullough, the cute redhead in pale green, hit her mouth with her fingers, still giggling. And then, Ollie, they do that thing where they just talk one after the other. Oh, no. Hey, girls, he looks like a jumpy one to me. (gasps) Then he can't take her out. Nobody jumps Elena. (gasps) I think I'll go with him instead. He and I go way back. (gasps) Why should you have him? He's cute and a quarterback, too, although he hasn't filled out yet. (gasps) 
He has blonde hair and blue eyes, just like a fairy tale. I say we kidnap him and keep him for ourselves. <laughs> it all depends on how well he pleads for it. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. Oh my god. So then Elena is just like putting on her clothes like real casual, just like, yeah, I'm used to this. They do this shit all the time. She's like, uh, Matt, it's easiest if you just ask their permission to take me out. That's what they want. Like fucking aunties. Yes, so Matt turns to them on a dime and says, O fairest blossoms of the night, help me in my desperate plight. Please let me steal this flower rare to watch her with devoted care. I need to beg your kind approval before I risk her quick removal. Is he quoting something at her? Is this Shakespeare? He just makes up a bad poem on the spot. Aw, but that's real cute, Matt. So then they're like, okay, that was good. You can take her on a date. No. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. I love Matt. <laughs> He's the only relatable fucking character. Listen, we're going to talk about fucking Matt, okay? Fucking Matt. Stefan's going to be fucking Matt. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I just ship them so hard. <laughs> Keep it together. Okay. Okay. So their 10th date is them going on their two month anniversary. So, like, they're literally just driving to a place. Just the fucking bridge, right? Uh, They're in that area. Yeah. Okay. So they see some kids playing on a pond, and for no reason, Elena freaks out and she's like, Matt, pull over. We have to get those kids off the pond because it could break and they could drown. And, like, they literally just saw the silhouettes of the kids playing on the lake. Like, there's no reason for them to think that the lake could break. They didn't hear anything. They didn't see anything. Oh, it's wintertime. Gotcha. Yeah. Elena just decides that this is going to be, like, a rescue thing. (laughs) So they sneak up onto the ice like these kids are wild animals. And if they hear them, they're going to spook and run. And then they have to get the kids off the lake while also pretending that nothing is wrong. So they're like, oh, kids, we're going to go on an adventure. Everybody skate to the shore in different patterns so you don't put too much pressure on the lake. It's super weird because there's no reason for them to be doing this. There's no need for that. So anyway, they get most of the kids back and then one falls into the ice naturally. Well, I mean, you had to do that. Because otherwise then it would be weird. Yeah, you'd have no plot. There's no plot. Jesus. This this one was so boring. Anyway, so a kid goes into the ice. Matt goes in after her. And then he falls in. They get the kid out. Oh, no. But nobody can get Matt out because Elena's no! not strong enough. So they have to... It's basically just like that scene at the end of Titanic with Matt and Elena where Matt's, like, in the water and Elena's on the ice. And she's just, like, holding him up while they wait for somebody <laughs> to come rescue them. <laughs> And Matt's just like, Elena, you gotta let me go. <laughs> You're I'll gonna die. Go, Matt. You're gonna I'll freeze to go. death. <laughs> yeah, and Elena's like, no, stay with me, Matt. And I'm just like, this is a prequel story. I know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. You're like, he, nothing, literally nothing. There's Absolutely zero nothing. consequences to the scene. This, ne- this never comes up ever again. There's anyway. no, like, traumatic, hey, remember that time on the ice and I'm nope. still fucking scared of the ice. <laughs> nope, there's nothing. I need so, more liquid. eventually somebody does come. They pull Matt out of the ice and then Ollie. For some reason, half the town is there. 
<laughs> including Matt's mother. And Matt's mother, like, hugs Matt for two seconds and then throws herself onto Elena. Oh, of and course, is like, Elena fucking killed This her. girl kept my son's head above water until rescuers could come and get her. I say she's Some- a hero. Sometimes I think that this is all just in Elena's head. No, it's all in LJ Smith's head. And I say, <laughs> this girl is a hero and anybody who says different can stand up right now and say it's me. Who's going to say different? Who? Nobody. Nobody, Ollie. And then everybody fucking claps for Elena. (laughs) Oh my god, Elena Gilbert, I will just (laughs) dunk you under that icy water. And then, Ollie, you thought it was over, but it's not. Because some guy comes up to Matt and gives him the $100 bill that he what? stashed in his driver's like love compartment so that it wouldn't get lost. And uh, he gave Elena her credit card back because she also stashed that so that it wouldn't get lost while they went and rescued the children. What? And then he's like, take care of this young man. And then he wanders away. And then both Bonnie and Elena have to explain to Matt that that was the ghost of his Uncle Joe. <laughs> Who appeared to pull the the money out of Matt's glove compartment where it was perfectly safe. Safe, totally safe. (laughs) Nothing had happened. Nothing was wrong. The car didn't (laughs) fall through the ice. You're like, thank you, sir, for breaking into my vehicle. (laughs) I think you were going to steal this but decided not to. You could have just put it back. I would never have You could have just left it there. It would have been fine. (laughs) Leave a note. Hey, kiddo, it's your uncle. Good job. <laughs> Don't forget your $100 bill you put in your glove compartment. Dude, I would not leave a $100 bill in my fucking car. What is wrong with you, Matt? You're poor, honey. That's not where you put it. You go, you put it in your fucking bank account. That's basically what the guy says to him. He's like, you should put this somewhere more safe, young man. Because I, a ghost, was able to get my hands on it. <laughs> They have to explain that A, it was a ghost, and B, that it was a young version of Matt's Uncle Joe. Because Matt has never seen a picture of his but Uncle Joe. How would young. they know? I don't know. How would they know? How has Matt not seen a picture? If this is the 90s, there's definitely pictures. They just have to, they just know. Bonnie just knows and Elena just know because the story says that they know. Good lord. This is all Elena's fan fiction about herself. It No, so here's the thing though, because aside from the stuff that I mentioned, it's mostly just Matt talking about how great Elena is and how nice she is and how brave she is and how beautifully white she is. Ugh, and You know how much I love that. Oh, it's a major like fetishization of Elena's yeah. whiteness because he even talks about like how beautiful she is while she's half frozen to death. Oh, it's real no. weird. Gosh, you look even more white and that's just like makes my southern boy heart so <laughs> happy. It, yeah, it's it's basically just like worshipping Elena and I feel like it's LJ Smith being super defensive because everybody hates Elena (laughs) and being like no guys Elena's great look how great she is she saved these kids the town cheered for her Elena's fine fine Lisa Jane (laughs) yeah so Mm. uh those are the two prequels that's what happens before fucking vampires show up (laughs) and it's absolutely useless what trash I mean the first one sounds really cute uh, except for the part where, like, I don't think L.J. Smith understands how a boy in poverty would act. Like, I get it. Yeah, no, he totally would probably go out, get himself like, I got a new shoes, yay, and I'm going to take her out to a fancy restaurant. But, like, mm-hmm. 
the French restaurant thing is so it's cliche very cliche in a bad way. And like, honestly, I don't know. I feel like he would be like, yeah, I can't afford to go to a French restaurant and order shit that like we're not going to like. I think I would just be like, hey, where do you want to go? Anywhere you want to go. I got a hundred right. bucks. That's fine. We can go where you want to go. Well, so here's the fun thing. Like, these were clearly either updated or written in the late 2000s because Elena mm. has a cell phone and then explains how to use it like an old person. <laughs> so. Well, there's this thing. It's called search. It's kind of like <laughs> if you had a telephone book, but like in your hand and it's electronic. It's so wild because she goes to Matt and she's like, I called the child's the child's parents. The child punched the number into the phone and then I hit redial this button right here. And I'm like, oh my God, we know you know Whoa. how to use a cell phone. <laughs> it's like, are you writing this thinking cell phones are going to go out of style in five years? I think it's just like, no, my characters use cell phones now. Look, guys, look, guys, they know how to use cell phones. Uh, uh, just make it a period piece. Yeah, so, but, like, even the thing where, like, oh, no, Elena actually likes burgers. Like, even that twist is super cliche. So yeah. this whole thing is just, why? <laughs> because fanfic. She is the biggest fanfic writer of L.J. Smith's work. And, like, look, I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I super appreciate that. I, however, also appreciate that sometimes it's just drabbles, man. Sometimes you're just like, eh. Here's this, this thing I wrote. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, it's fine. But yeah, everyone is just like, a gift for the fans. Yeah. And you're like, no, that was you trying on the question of, I wonder what their 10th date was like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was super shock going from these, like, clearly first draft, not beta little drabbles mm-hmm. to the actual vampire diaries because, oh my god, the pros get so much better. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Vampire Diaries proper. Not a lot happens in the book, but when you break it down beat by beat, it feels like a lot because a lot of the stuff is um setting up stuff that's going to happen in the next books. Lovely. So I'm just going to try to get through it as fast as I can. <laughs> so uh, Vampire Diaries is the story of Elena Gilbert, the queen bitch that all the boys want, all the girls want be. All the girls want. No, all the girls want to be there. No gays in this world. Or non-binary. Or gendered for folks. So, <laughs> Elena is 16. She lives in a Virginian town called Fells Church. She's only Both 16? Both her parents are dead. I think so. I'm pretty sure she's 16. 16 or 17. Something like that. Anyway. Uh, I guess she'd be 17. It's possible. I couldn't remember exactly. Or if she even said. She's a senior? Yeah, okay. Then she might be 17 or 18. Anyway, yeah, she's probably teenager. 17, heading towards 18. I don't know when her birthday is. There was no birthday, surprisingly. No. Mm-mm. But uh, both of her parents dead because this is YA, so she lives with her aunt and her little sister. She has her boyfriend, Matt, who we've discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, her Poor best Matt. friends, Bonnie and Meredith, and her frenemy, Caroline. And that is her she's supporting She's just her cast. enemy at this point. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Caroline. She basically lives, like, the whole idyllic small-town prom queen existence, except that she wants much more than this provincial <laughs> life, which is to say, none of her boyfriends can do it for her. Yeah. They're so, uh, I don't know, what's that word, human? She's just perpetually unsatisfied with her boyfriend situation, and she, she like, thinks about that. She's like, I don't know why these boys just aren't doing it for me, and I'm like, Elena, have you tried girl? 
<laughs> I don't know why Stefan is this way. Lena, <laughs> have you heard of the gays? <laughs> Lena, if the boys aren't doing it for you, you may want to try. You may another not want team. boys. Hey, girls, are boys not doing it for you? Have you tried? <laughs> have people you tried? Boys? Girl. <laughs> New uh, girl TM. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, because this is the fucking genesis of this type of YA story. Which is where I give it a lot of its passes, by the way. Yes, exactly. Um, a new guy comes to town. He's dark and mysterious and wears sunglasses Ooh. inside. And he could have a face modeled from a Roman coin, which is apparently every vampire in YA ever. Yep. Like, reading that, it was very shocking having just read Demon in my view. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh no, this scene is just yep. just lifted. It's the gotcha. same scene. Yep, 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 same yep. scene. Boy new to school, talking to the secretary. The girls being like, who's he? <laughs> My God, he's fucking hot. He's got a face like a Roman coin. I'm like, mm-hmm. flashback. <laughs> right. It is super similar. Uh, so of course Elena wants him, or at least wants to like know him, and he fucking Biblically. turns her down flat. He does. He doesn't even look at her. He doesn't even look at her. She's like, nope, not talking to this blonde lady. So after that, the first half or so of the book are just the sitcom scenarios (laughs) that Elena gets up to to try to get Stefan to pay attention to her. Yep. She pretends to be part of the welcoming committee and (laughs) Stefan runs away from her in front of the whole class. He, in fact, goes, uh... Uh, actually, I was trying out for the football team. Right, Matt? Come on, let's go. (laughs) Goodbye. Me and my new boyfriend gotta get out of (laughs) here. Right? Uh, she sends, she then does, like, the 90th sitcom thing where she sends herself presents and pretends to have a French boyfriend. (laughs) Named (laughs) Jean-Claude. It's so good. That girl got too much money if she can just send herself fucking flowers. I know. She's a flowers and chocolates, and then she gives them out to the class. She's like, oh, look, everybody, my French boyfriend I'm so benevolent. I don't even need more chocolates. But no flowers for you, Stefan. No, not for Stefan. Uh, and then she forces Matt to make sure that Stefan goes to homecoming. Mm-hmm. Which is the first dance of the year. Yes. Uh, so that he can be there when she's crowned homecoming queen and he can see how hot she is. And not be able to deny her. Because nobody denies the homecoming queen. He can't refuse a dance with the Literally, homecoming Literally, you'd go queen, to jail if you denied her. And guess what? Smash cut to Stefan refusing to dance with the homecoming queen. <laughs> hey, Elena. <laughs> So the parts where Elena's chasing Stefan are intercut with scenes from Stefan's point of view where he talks about how hard Elena makes his dick and how much he (laughs) wants to fuck her. And by hard his dick, I mean hard his teeth. (laughs) And by fuck, I mean bite. These are all thinly veiled metaphors for sex. So, so thinly veiled. His teeth are sensitive after. I don't even understand. (laughs) There are so many passages where they're just (sighs) fucking... You're just, just fucking. It's okay. But he can't have her because he's evil and bad and he might hurt her. Blah, 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 yes, blah. yes. And he also fills us in on his backstory through flashbacks. Yes. Almost, almost Rizika level flashbacks where it's like every time we see Stefan. Every time we see Stefan. Yep. But it also sets up the sort of background story where Stefan keeps having blackouts and when he wakes up, somebody's hurt. So that's going to be important in the last 10 pages of the book. <laughs> so 
40. Last 40. Last 40. I'm sorry. Uh, so the first half of the book culminates at homecoming. Stefan refusing to dance with Elena. And he shows up with <gasps> that bitch Caroline. Caroline. Oh, no. How did she get to come to the dance with him? Ugh. And Caroline, she's always described as being like super tan and having cat eyes. And I was just like, yeah, she's Catra. Just like, hey, Elena. Hey, Elena. And uh, that made the book a lot better. <laughs> And when you sent me that, I too then began uh, going, nope, can't unsee it. <laughs> She's just fucking Catra. It improves the book Which, a lot. of course, made made Stefan uh, Scorpia for me. And <laughs> that was amazing. Because oh, now you've got Adora so chasing after Scorpia. And Catra's like, nope, mine. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super cute if Stefan gave two shits about Caroline. Yeah, but he does not. He gives he zero shits. So Elena freaks out when she sees Stefan with Caroline. And when her friends suggest that maybe, just maybe, she should let it go. She loses her shit even more. Loses it. I was like, holy crap. She's trash. She's a monster. Elena is straight up a motherfucking monster. monster. So she yells at them and accuses them of being disloyal. Yum, yum, yum. Maybe I should just move on to new things, new friends. And then she goes to hang out with the handsy asshole jocks. Right? Not like somebody who could be remotely okay like her fucking peon from earlier who was spreading rumors about Stefan on purpose. Mm -hmm. No, she's like, I'm gonna go find the most awful trash human being to match my trash human being (laughs) trashness, Tyler. (laughs) Oh, and hey, guess what happens? It's an early 90s vampire YA story, so... Is this one of those parts you were like, oh, he's gonna hate this? (laughs) Because I did. I mean, uh, you should hate this. This was not specific what I was thinking about, but yeah. Uh, they do that fanfic thing where the girl's alone with the bad dude and the bad dude starts to assault her. And oh my gosh, thank heaven, the hero is there to rescue her. This is how they come together. <sighs> and I was so like really hoping she would save herself. Like it really oh, no. seemed like she might. And I was like, fuck yeah, because it's Elena and she seems like a bad. Oh, uh, no. Nope. This is 100% that trope. Stefan is here to save her. He saves her. He beats up Tyler. It's super 100% about his man pain oh yeah and he like he doesn't just like toss tyler aside and give him a verbal smackdown which was enough he like gets really violent and that's when i stopped feeling any sympathy for him i'm like this this is a teenager a teenager who just tried to assault a girl Mm -hmm. but you don't care the problem for me is that there's a line where elena has to yell at stefan and stefan snaps back because he forgot about Elena. Right? Like, this was not about him. It's not about Elena. It's about Stefan and Tyler touching his stuff. Yeah. It's not a good way to do this scene, and it's not a good execution. Right. And, like, again, as you said, it's the 90s. It's the early 90s. This was not stuff people had been deconstructing. But, like, if you had to do this scene, God, I wish you would rewrite it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the other problem is that there's no fallout from this. For anybody, None. there's no fallout for Elena because she's not affected by it because it's just a plot device. Right? And there's no fallout for Tyler except that he gets expelled for school, which so does his friend who was drinking. So sexual assault and drinking are the same thing. 
And that, like, fine, because he's on the football team and, like, rape culture. Like, I get it. But they're not trying to say anything or do anything with it. It's just like, okay, this plot device has been executed. We're moving on. Check, check, moving on. Yeah, it's really rough. Especially Elena being like, well, I was out there. I kind of deserved it. But anyway. Yep. Uh, So we also find out that while they were out there, one of the other girls who was out there with Elena was also attacked and that Stefan was in kind of a fugue state right before that. So that'll be important in the next book. Moving on. (laughs) Okay, but right, like I haven't read the other books and so instead it's just this fucking random fucking plot device. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, this is, structure is a problem with this book and this series. I should note, as you're doing this this recap, I was very frustrated that this is not a full story. Oh, no, it's absolutely not. It's a it third is of a story. part one of, like, part four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's another montage where Elena and Stefan are together as a couple. They're happy, except that Elena can sense that Stefan is keeping her at arm's length, and she wants to know why. She deserves that. <laughs> she, yeah, Elena deserves a lot, and she keeps telling Stefan what she deserves. I deserve to know. <laughs> I deserve insight into your life, complete stranger that I've been you stalking. are a child. <laughs> <laughs> So during this period, Elena also meets Damon twice. And this is like a good halfway through the book before we start meeting Damon. And they're completely insignificant. Like, we don't see anything of Damon. So like, Mm -hmm. what? I need more. So Elena does a like sort of Bloody Mary-esque ritual kind of thing, except it's to see who she's going to marry. Yep. Or she, like, sets a place for her future husband at a table and then invites him in. And, of course, because vampires, she invites Damon in accidentally. Which I thought was cute, like, plot-wise. Right. It's it's fun. And Damon shows up and he's like, hello, I'm a stranger in your friend's house. She's like, house. Well, are you fucking standing outside waiting at Bonnie's house for me? And he's just like, you literally invited me in. You, you called me. You want to see your future husband, right? Right. Hello, <laughs> it's me, Damon. I'm in a sweater, and I really can't picture that. Damon in a sweater. Right? It better be, like, fucking cashmere turtleneck sweater. Oh, oh my god, like Trent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Trent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Damon is Trent. Cannon. Damon is Trent. <laughs> uh, go watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he tries to seduce Elena, and she does the thing where she doesn't fall for it. And he's like, "Ooh, so intriguing! A woman who doesn't immediately fall for me. <laughs> so attractive! Women who don't, don't want, want me." me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So then he sees her again in the gym after hours when they're setting up for their spooky haunted house. No, that was that was that was the first time. No, you're right, you're right. The Which is why, because she recognized him, and that's why she was like, what the fuck, are you just stalking me? She still was taking it awfully chill, but at least this time around it was, or in that way it was, I met you at the gym, and now you're here. You're fucking creep, get out. <laughs> so, meanwhile, in the background, there's stuff that's going to come up in the next book. Elena goes to visit the girl who was attacked to find out what happened. The girl freaks out and is like, you were a part of it. I've got questions and theories because I have seen some of the show. Oh, I am very curious to know what you think is happening uh, because the show and the books are very different, but I'm sure they share common things. So yeah, we got to hear all these theories. The next culmination is at the Halloween Haunted House. Okay, so I was really excited because 
sounds like a really good haunted house, and I would definitely go to that. Like, not at a haunted house, professional, professional, mm-hmm. but, like, it sounded like a very good school production Halloween thing. They hit a lot of the classic shit. It's very elaborate. It was. I'm like, you guys got a lot of fucking money in the fucking South, don't you? Mm-hmm. They seemed all really excited, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I would be friends with half these kids, except for the fact that they're terrible. <laughs> but right. it was good they had, like, a big old, like, bloody corpse scene they had like torture chambers and i was like this is so good you guys doing makeup you got zombies i'm proud of you children (laughs) she was running around like checking on things there were people like ushering people into the next areas and i'm like scare forward that's right (laughs) (laughs) so i was very pleased i feel like like lisa jane here has ever actually been to a halloween thing and may have done one of these at her high school Mm -hmm. as well I've literally never heard of a high school putting on a haunted house. I like the idea, though. I think it's cool. Like, I wish my fucking high school did that. Yeah, my my high school did it. Um, but I think, no, it was like the Boy Scout troops did it. Okay. But still, like, there were always ones around at schools and stuff where mm-hmm. it would just be, like, one of the particular hallways and you would, like, go into one classroom and then go through a door that, you know, like, sometimes classrooms have, like, a door between two classrooms. Yeah. So you, like, go into one, go through the door, come back out into the hallway, go into the next two. And it, was, it was cute. And there was just, like, a little scene and, like, the lights were dim and stuff. <laughs> and, like, it was very good. So it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Plus, also, all of my years haunting i was just like yay (laughs) yay haunt scene (laughs) and having it actually be meaningful set dressing as opposed to just kind of like now we're gonna do this here because it's halloween and we might as well have something around halloween right right it was a big production they did like they did all their setup they did their measuring they set up their partitions and i was like this is not just nothing this means (laughs) something you're putting a fucking scene here this is great Mm mm-hmm uh, so a teacher is going to play a human sacrifice and he's actually murdered. Gasp. Murdered. And Tanner had been having like fucking words with Stefan. Right. Tanner's an asshole and Stefan stood up to him. So everybody freaks out because somebody was murdered. And Tyler, who's back at school now, it's been a week. That's enough. Mm. It mm. sort of rallies a mob against Stefan being like, Oh, the murders didn't start until Stefan showed up, which is true. (laughs) It's true. And at this point, even Stefan kind of thinks that he's doing it, so... Right? I would would think so. I'd be like, yeah, no, it's me. (laughs) I am the bad. Uh, So Elena (laughs) fucking manipulates Matt into getting Stefan out of the building safely. Poor Matt. And she goes after him herself. And then she shows up at his room at the boarding house where he's staying. He has had a fucking hissy fit. Yeah, she goes into his room and it's trashed and there's heavy things thrown all over the place. How could he lift them? She goes up onto the roof and she finds him. The widow's walk. Mm, I do love a widow's walk. A widow's walk, right. Feeding on a dove. Symbolic. (laughs) The fucking description of him feeding on the dove. And that there's like several on the ground. Right? (laughs) Like Capri Suns. He's just like crazy. Little fucking tiny Capri Sunbird. Done. <laughs> okay. Oh, I need Get more. me another one. <laughs> Why didn't I buy more than one pack? Oh, I only had a coop. <laughs> uh, so she finds him feeding from a dove, and it's symbolic. And, it's a uh, pigeon. 
It's just a fucking pigeon. So she's horrified, but then he saves her because she falls off the roof and it's very important. Anyway, uh, she eventually comes to terms with it and she forces him to tell her his backstory. She's like, sit down. How old are you? Tell me everything. Keep going. He puts up more of a fight than uh, Christopher and his sister did. Wait, pause. Pause, wait. Because, like, in comparison, you could have just been like, oh, we're goths. This is our goth party. Oh, for... For Christopher and Nyssa. Yeah, he yeah, could have just said that. And and then had Sarah been like, look, I fucking hunt vampires and <laughs> right? I know that you're vampires. And have them go, what? N- no. Nyssa and Christopher did not want to keep that secret. No. They were no, not they interested. Were, they were like, oh, finally, you oops found us out. Right? <laughs> it is very much like, whoopsie. Oh, did I expose my fangs and then start to feed on my pet? Whoops. <laughs> Let me tell you how I got here. Right, and Christopher's like, oh, sweet, doesn't mean I can bite her now. (laughs) Where fucking Stefan is like, this is real sad, okay? Oh, yeah, Stefan is very angsty about everything, and he puts up a real fight about telling Elena his sad backstory. He does, he does. But Elena is like, no, bitch, you owe this to me. (laughs) You are a child. (laughs) You owe me your life story. So he tells her, and of course his life story is that he was an Italian nobleman in the Renaissance, mm. and he fell in love with this frail, sickly little white girl, and it turns out that the white girl wanted the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> she, she did, Catherine. Catherine's Catherine, so good. Catherine, like, you, you Catherine. get those sticks. You get those boys. It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I love that you... So we're reading these books and we like to we like to message each other on Twitter. And I get this message about Catherine was a woman ahead of her time. And I'm like, ooh, I've got something exciting to look forward to. <laughs> and I get there. And Catherine's like, surprise, my choice is both of you. Isn't this great? And I'm like, yes, this is great, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine is surprised, polyamory, let's do it. And they're like, what, what? We don't, why? But I hate him. And she's like, but me. <laughs> But threesome? What I want. (laughs) (laughs) But Salvatore sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to, like, make eye contact, guys. (laughs) Right? You know what? You know what they need, though? Catherine needed Nicholas and Christopher. She did. But poor fucking Christopher would have been like, I'm very uncomfortable. And Nicholas would have been like, get out that penis. Put it in her. Let's do it. (laughs) I will put it in this one. You put it in that hole. Let's do it. And Catherine would have been like, mm, yes, I love so this. good. Yes, thank you. Catherine and the Ravinas, that's a fucking AU right there. Yes, fucking switch these people around. Because you know what? Sarah can just kill Stefan, and Stefan's happy with that, and Sarah's happy with that, and we're good. Right? Give me a vampire hunter killing a vampire. The end. <laughs> I, I totally think this is good. We fixed it. So, Stefan explains that Catherine wanted all of them to be together fucking through the centuries, and Stefan and Damon just could not get over their fucking- Man, that was a painful scene. She did not understand, like, I- she did not understand. I felt bad for her, but also kind of felt like- kid have you not been paying attention <laughs> right <laughs> she was just like but if i love you then you two will love each other right like right? that's how this, this works. Is how it works so uh they're like nah nah we're not doing this i buy my thumb at these sir <laughs> <laughs> yes they do so uh catherine runs away 
and they go after her the next day and they find a giant cartoon pile of ashes in her dress. It's like some some Fear Street shit. It's very good. They find her dress and Stefan, as he's like recounting this to Elena, is just like, no, I can't look at it. I can't look at the dress. What's in the dress? How to get What's burned? What's in the box? And, uh, it turns out that Catherine fucking met the sun and thought that that would make Stefan and Damon love each other because she's not very she's bright. She's not think through. <laughs> uh, so, of course, it doesn't do that. And Stefan and Damon get mad at each other and they murder each other and that turns them into vampires. I appreciate that so much, by the way. That it was like, oh, Catherine, you're a fucking fool. If we just had your blood, it would have eventually gotten out of our system and we'd have been human. But we killed each other. Yep. <laughs> and then we woke up as fucking vampires. Yep. So Stefan is, his baggage is that, A, that Catherine is dead, who we haven't mentioned, or Elena looks like Catherine. Oh yeah, we forgot that. They're not exactly each other, but it's like close enough. Unlike the TV show where she's literally played by the same actress. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that's why Stefan was so anti-Elena to start with. Because she reminded him of Catherine. It was too painful. Blah, blah, So uh, Stefan's real bummed about Catherine. And also, like, super guilty about killing Damon. And damning mm-hmm. his soul for eternity. Dun, dun, dun. Um... So the first time I reread this last year and the introduction of Stefan where he's Oh my god. He's feeding on a bunny rabbit or something. Rabbit. Yes, it's a rabbit. And he finishes drinking it and he just is kinda of holding it and he's just like, Oh, I'm such a terrible person. I killed this bunny. What a monster bunny. I am. Like, the first time I read that, I found that super funny, and I still do, but I'm also, like, at a point where I'm like, I'm not gonna bag on this guy for not liking killing things. Yeah. You have a soul, and I appreciate that, because you know what? He tries. Too many sociopathic, like, love interests out there. And fair, definitely fair. As very silly and as angsty as Stefan is, he's still kind of a good guy. Yeah, he he does try, like for sure. Stefan, Stefan did not make me as mad <laughs> as some of the past love interests in books that we have read and that like I've read on my own. Like you're right, he does not want to kill things, and I think that's where his scene heading off to confront Damon felt so weird it felt like such a hark back to his early days from his um his history explanation yeah where it was like you're just you're falling back into bad patterns you know who (laughs) you want to be you know who you are like don't let him goad you into this well and also the that stefan's acknowledged a bunch that he's a weak vampire Mm -hmm. and that damon damon's fucking powerful like up and down and sideways so And, and damon's like What's up, bro? In fact, I am even more badass than you remember. (laughs) Right? Let me throw this tree at you to demonstrate. So yeah, it's a weird decision that felt very like, well, plot time. Gotta move on to the second book somehow. Right. Gotta get this Damon involvement. (sighs) Damon. I hate him. Damon's a piece of trash. (laughs) The fact that Damon is on the redemption train makes it even worse. 
oh man i can't sometimes like you watch a show and people are like no they end up with so and so i'm like i don't love that at all and they're like no it's so good and they get redeemed and i'm like look i just watched their first three episodes and i hate them and i hate that they get a redemption so <laughs> right i just watched their first three episodes and that person like vampire raped somebody so why is he getting yeah. redeemed <laughs> uh, he did that to his brothers so yeah. uh, he's also murdered people uh, yeah i don't like that he's stalking not- our protagonist <laughs> yep, not into it no not into it i don't love that you get a redemption don't love it at all i don't have to and Damon's real bad <laughs> like it, keep, it just keeps being bad it never gets better and the, and the fact that like we know spoilers that he's who lisa jane here wanted uh her to end up with right? oh yes yeah well and i see the foreshadowing on that where it's like oh your future husband and oh yeah yeah he yeah. shows up and i'm like yeah yeah okay you're totally hot for him i got it yeah, I think, uh, I really feel like, I don't know that it was intended that way at the beginning, but I definitely think, like, as the books went on, like, she definitely started shipping Elena and Damon. Yeah. And also other things, but we can talk about that when we get to those. Mm-hmm. So, he tells Elena all this. Elena is like, oh, I forgive you, still think you're hot, still super into this relationship. You're a vampire. What up? It's all good. Guess what? It turns out I didn't need a girl. I needed a vampire. (sighs) You're wrong, Elena, but whatever. So uh, Elena at this point also puts two and two together and realizes that, oh, the other guy who's been stalking me is your brother. I do love that she put that together. Yes. She, he is probably the one who's been murdering people. So guess what, Stefan? It's not your fault. It's fucking gravy. This is great. <laughs> My boyfriend's not a murderer. Yay. I wouldn't have really cared if he was because I'm still super into him. But you That's know what? True. It's nice that he's not. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's nice that you're not a murderer. <laughs> it's nice that you're not a murderer. Uh, so Stefan's super happy. The two of them are like briefly hopeful for a future together. And then Elena literally begs for the dick. Yep. It, it fangs. The teeth. Yep. Uh, the metaphor. So she's like, Stefan, please. Just she even a little says, bit. she's like, it's time. Yeah, it's time. Just the tip. So <laughs> Stefan bites her. Phrasing, Elena. <laughs> he bites her. They allegorically fuck. For apparently hours, considering how long they've gone missing. Apparently. So then Elena leaves. And after Elena leaves, Stefan is like, well, gonna go confront David for some reason. For some <laughs> so- fucking reason. I'm feeling empowered. Right. Like, oh, my girlfriend loves me. It's time to fuck this up. So he runs out into the woods. <laughs> it's time for the uh, last episode of season four of Angel, I see. <laughs> right. And uh, Stefan, like, wakes up. He's like, oh, shit, we've only got ten pages. Come on. My word count. It's running down. He runs out into the woods and he's like, Damon. And Damon's like, yo, been here the whole time. And then Damon expresses his manhood by ripping up trees. Oh, this whole scene was grossing me the fuck out. It's very, it's very, A, it's very stupid because he just shows up and he's like, look how powerful I am, Stefan. I can pull this tree out by the roots. He belongs in the Den of Shadows. Like his dialogue is uh, a thing yep. where you're just like, woof, I've read you for the past five books. <laughs> um, And then... It gets even weirder because he allegorically rapes Stefan. Yeah. 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 And it's 100% like a rape. 
because it's yeah. it's about power, about like and they talk about how like on. it was like taking from him like against his will. Yeah. And I was like, ooh no. Yeah, there's even That's like a line where Stefan talks about like how he felt like ashamed afterwards and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like it's like intentional. L. J. Smith writes it like it was a rape. So this is 100%. Yeah, well, and because we just had the scene with the uh, with Elena and Stefan where mm-hmm. she was extraordinarily consenting. <laughs> yep, yep. So Damon does that and Stefan passes out. And then the next day Elena goes to school and she realizes that Stefan isn't there and she's like, oh shit, he must have confronted Damon. <laughs> and right. uh, so she runs off to confront him herself because that's what Elena does. And um, <sighs> the book ends extremely anticlimactically by having Elena screaming Damon's name in the graveyard at the end. Yep. Like, it's a great spot to end an episode. <laughs> right, but this is, like, a whole book. The only way that this can work is because it had been commissioned. And they knew, like, hey, we're gonna do these books, they're gonna come out, like, once every three to six months. We know that there's gonna be an audience for this, but you could not have sold this book as that. No publisher would have accepted this. It's ridiculous i hate how little plot happens <laughs> i wonder um i I'm, I'm sure they all made this the decision together about when to end the book or like where it should end i wonder why they decided here because it's just it makes the book so uneven to read by itself like it's real rough if this was just the only book someone had passed to me and there was not the second one right after it i would be like why did i do that Right, like, what the fuck is this? Nothing has happened. Right, like, okay, so you guys like each other. That's good. There's, you know, you got your power fantasy going on. and Why do I care? What's this random shit happening in the background that's super unimportant? Like, what is this? Yeah, there's a lot happening in this book that doesn't go anywhere. Yes. So something that I noticed reading this, because I reread these like maybe a year or two ago, so they're still relatively fresh in my mind. And reading this one, I realized like how much stuff is foreshadowed, mm. like really thoroughly foreshadowed. Even stuff I like when that happens when you read yeah. it over again and go, "Oh snap!" Even stuff that like so the first three books were written together, and then the fourth one was written after that. So I always sort of think I was of the just fourth one this from Bonnie's perspective. That's very odd. It is, yes. Um. So I always kind of think of the fourth one as being like its own sort of thing. But like there's stuff foreshadowed in this one that doesn't culminate till the fourth one. I was like, oh, wow. shit, you knew that was going to be a thing. That's cool. So, yeah, it's like I think that the pacing is Garbo, <laughs> but the writing is pretty good. Like it's pretty solid for all the dramatic shit, taking that into consideration. Yeah. That being said, what do you think, Golly? I hate it oh no really (laughs) that's more dramatic than i perhaps should say it okay um this is the most straightforward one that we have read that is just a a romance Mm -hmm. so like i uh it's no so lately i've been real obsessed with good omens right okay and uh i'm all here for sweet consensual pining Mm-hmm. I am not here for this fucking heinous monster that is Elena Gilbert <laughs> chasing this dude who's clearly gay. I mean, he's not clearly gay. But, but, like, for her, all the signs should be, well, he's playing football and he's hanging out with Matt and he's, like, the only one he's talking to and he really doesn't want to hang out with you, Elena. Like, I hate 
this like forced, not even friend zone to relationship zone bullshit, but this like, this dude doesn't want to look at me. Eh, I'm going to make him love me. We're going to bone. Like, <laughs> again, the only reason I can give this book a fucking pass is because it is the genesis of this. It is a mm-hmm. power fantasy. I I hate Elena, even as I appreciate what an unrelenting piece of trash she is. <laughs> like, so we recently read The Den of Shadows first series, and Jessica mm-hmm. is a also heinous piece of trash. Uh, but she never wants Aubrey. She never chases Aubrey. All mm-hmm. of her agency is, like, about leave me alone. And why doesn't anyone like me? <laughs> and where Elena is so undeserving, such a goddamn narcissist. Like, <laughs> Matt at one point says, oh god, Elena, you don't want anything that doesn't revolve around Elena Gilbert. And she gets all like, woo, 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 I'm gonna cry. And he's like, no, please don't. Wait, no, I didn't mean that. And I'm like, no, Matt, no. <laughs> Tell it like it is, Matt. Matt, I love you. Please stop. So... <laughs> So, like, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Stefan, who's being chased by this this girl. So, like, I, again, so we go back to, like, I know I never got around to fixing my terrible audio on Blood and Chocolate, but we talked in Blood and Chocolate about uh, Vivian and how she is empowered and her sexuality is something she owns, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I appreciate that Elena is like, yep, I date boys. I like to date boys. Boys are great. My sexuality is my own and I own it and no one can shame me about that. Like, that's great. But she weaponizes herself in a way that it's just like, you don't like anybody. I don't even yeah. think you like yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, she uses everyone Mm -hmm. she uses matt even after she breaks up with him Mm -hmm. she uses these other high schoolers who are like treated like peons treated like servants to go run around and do what she wants her poor fucking friends so like i sent Mm -hmm. you a message last night uh saying here's here's my new headcanon for this matt and stefan okay stefan and elena because fine whatever damon fucks off back to France or wherever he first caught eyes on Elena. And Bonnie and Meredith, with learning to stand up for themselves against their <laughs> narcissistic, abusive best friend, quote, quote. Because those two don't deserve the shit. Like, she shows back up on the first day of school with the rest of them, who also have their own shit going on. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, her secretary telling her what classes she has to yep. go to. And I'm just like, who are you? I hate you. <laughs> so... I hate Elena Gilbert so much. She's unbelievable. It's fine if she's a piece of trash and that's like acknowledged. The problem is that like the book ties itself in knots to be like, no, 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 she's great. Just embrace your heinous bitchitude. Right. Like if this if this book series were about Elena Gilbert learning to have a soul, yeah, that would be like, super again, cool. Vivian in Blood and Chocolate, she embraced and reveled in all of the things that she did. And she was never a narcissistic abuser. Right. It's, it's a, kind of the same problem with Jessica where like the book doesn't really think that Elena is a problem. Yeah, it doesn't give her an arc of growth. In fact, Elena doesn't grow. Uh, in the beginning, she's like, boo, I feel I feel out of place. Like you said, I want much more than this conven- uh, provincial life. And her answer is, oh, this boy, this is the boy that I have wanted. I feel at home finally. Mm-hmm. I found my place. Like, girl, you were the fucking queen of your fucking 
antebellum bullshit high school. <laughs> right? But, like, Elena keeps getting everything that she wants. Nobody tells Elena no. So the first boy who comes along who says no, it's the same Damon thing, but, like, the first boy yeah, who comes along who so says alike. no. He said what? He's like, I want this that one. stand. But the book doesn't acknowledge that. The book is like, no, no, no. They're soulmates. Elena deserves this. Elena deserves, deserves this boy. boy. So she gets a little bit of growth through the trilogy, not as much as she needs, and not, not as book. much as the books try to insist that she gets. <laughs> um, but she, uh, she gets a little uh, bit, but it's never enough. And it's always because the books think Elena's just real great. Yeah, it's that problem of the of the telling and not showing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it gets... Once we jump to the fourth book, yeah. that is, if you've read the first three, you're like, who the fuck are you talking about? Because that's not Elena Gilbert. And again, I was really looking forward to this being just like that kind of a character that is just like, I'm awful and I'm trash and I get what I want. And not being told, but actually she's really good and everyone <laughs> loves her. And I'm like, oh boy, I didn't sign up for you. So there's a scene after... Elena gets back home from the sexual assault where she meets up with Bonnie and Meredith. And this is like the first time that she's seen them after she's told them to fuck off. Yeah, at the dance where she was like, I'm gonna go hang out with Tyler. Right. After all they did was say, hey, maybe you shouldn't keep forcing yourself on this boy who's clearly not interested in you. So she sees them and she's like, I know we had a fight. I don't acknowledge that I did anything wrong, but I don't want to keep fighting with you. So let's just God. move past it. She literally says it too. She's just like, can we just be done with all of this now? And they're like, oh, Elena, let's all just hug. Right? She doesn't apologize. The girls don't make her apologize. Yeah, her friends are just accepting of all of this. Yes. They just want to be in her good graces. And it's not like it's not like being out of her good graces has shown to have any negatives. No. They just don't have anything going on except serving Elena. <laughs> well, I've got nothing else to do until graduation, so... Yep. More like, this book has nothing for them to do except fucking blood swear to right? get Stefan for oh, Elena. Oh, I forgot about that scene and I just read this book in like the past four days. Yep. They literally fucking pinprick each other's thumbs or whatever and blood swear that they won't breathe a word of this and they will help Elena get stuff in. And I'm just like, who are you people? <laughs> Why are you doing this? This boy what wants nothing to do with this, this girl. Is this what you think teenage girls do? Did you do this as a teenage girl? <laughs> LJ, we need to talk. This isn't normal. Lisa Jane, <laughs> go to your room. <laughs> Yeah, Elena's rough. The only thing I liked about Elena was that she was pretty quick on the uptake with things. Like, she was pretty perceptive. Yeah, yeah. Like, her, she acknowledged, like, oh, no, that's fucking Damon right there. Right. Like, she figures out that Damon's gaslighting Stefan. She yep. is, like, keyed into to Stefan hiding things from her. So I liked that she wasn't just kind of oblivious the way a lot of white heroines kind of yeah. tend to be. She didn't need anybody else to draw the lines for her. She was like, oh, this is what's happening. Right. No. <laughs> so Elena's like, she's pretty sharp. She's just a terrible person. I guess she'd have to be sharp, though, to be able to manipulate people as strongly as she does. Ooh. Yeah, and she does it, and she she knows she acknowledges that she is manipulating people, but she does yeah. it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Even her aunt, she'll be like, "Oops, gotta like you know 
do this thing so that my aunt doesn't worry about me. Yep. The worst victim of Elena's manipulation is definitely Matt. 100%. Uh, she breaks up with Matt in the beginning of the book and she's like, oh, hey, Matt, we're better as like friends, right? You, like, you love me as a sister, he, right? As a sister, right, Matt? And he's like, not nope. gonna even acknowledge this question there, Elena. <laughs> right? He's like, no, Elena, I am actually in love with you in like a romantic way. But she continues to Poor force Matt. Matt to rope Stefan in for her, which is just the most heinously insensitive thing that you could do to so Matt. So bad. So that, I was expecting when starting the book and she's all like, Matt's the nicest boy I've ever met. He's still a boy. He's not a man or a vampire. It, and like, she's like, no, we're really actually friends and I really do like him. And this has been a long time coming. and I'm still dealing with all of the shit. I was expecting him to actually be her fucking friend. Right, right. Instead of her tool. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wanted to see Matt be her friend. I wanted to not just see Matt be lovestruck. Mm -hmm. And instead, that is all he is. He is such a knight in shining armor for Elena. Mm -hmm. Ollie gets so much worse. No! <laughs> Matt gets dumped on for this entire no! series. Poor Matt! Yeah, it's really bad. Like, she's Poor really bad to Matt. He gotta leave Fell's Church, what is it, Virginia or wherever they are. He's gotta go. By the end of this series, Matt is in desperate need of therapy. He's already in desperate need of therapy, but I can't <laughs> imagine how much more therapy this kid's gonna need. It's so bad. Like, we wait till wait till we get to book four and we'll revisit this Matt conversation. <laughs> and he's just he is just a victim at this point, basically. He is. Like, the book, you know, plays up the fact that like he's poor in in a town that clearly has a lot of fucking rich ass people uh -huh. and that's fine there's no shame in being poor it happens the systems they're terrible uh -huh. but it like fetishizes his poverty by bringing it up so strongly as the only one whose poverty is mm -hmm. noted and that he is just so starstruck by this fucking royal ass queen here and then he's just like i'll do anything for you you're so beautiful and perfect and i was like kiddo <laughs> Matt, you deserve good things, son. Right. You tried. I feel like... Mm, Alright, so this is what I think with Matt. I think Matt would have done all of the nice things that he did without being as starstruck by Elena. And I would have preferred that for him mm -hmm. as a character. That it would have just been better to see Matt doing things and not being obsessed with Elena. For him being like, yeah, Elena, I've got complicated feelings about you, but I do love you. And I may still also be in love with you because you did only just now break up with me. Yes. But, like, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for Stefan because he's my friend. And right. I care about him. It'd be great if they leaned more on his relationship with Stefan. Yeah, that that is the, the headcanon that, that I would go for mm -hmm. on that. Right? Instead, the book makes it, like, super clear that he is just fucking head over heels whipped by elena and he will do anything that she tells him to yeah. even if it hurts him he just kicked puppies sad eyes constant like hun you need help you really no. do you need to escape this Jesus. girl <laughs> elena, leave this boy alone you've got plenty yeah no elena's terrible and the the way that she treats matt and the relationship she has with matt like that i feel like that really pushes it over the edge because like bonnie and mary the way she treats just... her friends is miserable Right, but they're just sort of willing accomplices. Like it, it's never really shown they're having to hurt fun. them that much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. None of them are doing shit where it's like, 
boy, you didn't want to do that. Yeah, it's really, it's really bad. <sighs> so that's how I feel about this book. <laughs> also, it's so fucking white and nobody's gay and there's like zero marginalized people. I know that you said that um, Meredith is coded to be a person of color, but it's so fucking subtle. That's my opinion. It may be more explicit when we get into the 2010 book. Well, and you were saying her last name, but that last name never comes up in this book. No, it does not. Yeah, so I think it was like a retcon. Uh, it may be. I think it comes up in the trilogy. Okay. But yeah, her last name is Celeste, which is super common in Colombia, and she's described mm-hmm. as having olive skin, so I think that we're going for Hispanic, but it right. doesn't and matter. And in the 90s, that was as far as people usually went. Right. And I mean, this is the beginning of LJ Smith being frustratingly heteronormative. Fucking wait till we get to Secret Circle, buddy. <laughs> uh, just make it queer. I desperately want a gay Secret Circle. Like, goddamn. So and this, a gay this. Even if Stefan was, was, was bi or pan, just like, mm-hmm. let him be like, well, I feel drawn to Elena, but I also feel drawn to Matt, whom you <laughs> dumped, and so therefore I feel, um... Mm, a little less cool about you. Right? Let's do that love triangle. <laughs> that would be Damon. a great love triangle. Fucking get rid of Damon. Yep. <laughs> How is it for you rereading this book? So t- tell me a little bit about like your history with this book, because all I have is I've watched some of the show. Oh, uh, so I read this back in the L.J. Smith reading days when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was never my favorite series. I like the fourth book the best. I think I still do. Mostly because Elena's... Well, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I think I know the spoilers, but I won't say anything because right. I want to I find out. Uh, rereading it a couple years ago, I was like, fuck, this is fucking great. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. I like it a lot more now. It's still... It's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. But I find the the fucking schlock dr- drama of it is just blissful <laughs> there are there are scenes in this that are just works of art <laughs> literary masterpiece scenes <laughs> they're just so good was this the one that you and i did yes we did do a scene from this i kept trying to figure out which one it was but i couldn't remember i couldn't remember either i think it was the one after the sexual assault where Elena goes back to Stefan's boarding house and makes him tell her why he hates her. Oh, that would make sense. It was so... Stefan. Elena. Stefan. <laughs> like, Elena goes into the bathroom and she's literally just been near, nearly raped. Her clothes are little, literally ripped. Like, it got yeah. really far. So she gets up. She fucking clothespins her dress together. Not even clothespins. Fucking bobby pins from her hair. Yeah, I don't really understand how that works, but okay. I don't either. Uh, and then Stefan's like, here, have a cape! Have a gorgeous velvet cape. And Elena's like, oh, thank you. And then she comes out of the bathroom and she's like, I must look like a princess to him. <laughs> I see myself through his eyes and I'm fucking stunning. <laughs> It's just so good. There are so many parts like that where it's just relentlessly dramatic. Like the scene where she finds Stefan with the fucking doves and like a lightning strikes in the background. Because <laughs> he just, he just said like, she walks up and there's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he, does, he does the vampire thing. He's like, hiss. 
it's this motherfucker. <laughs> it's so good. And the doves are everywhere. And she's like, no, Stefan, you can't no. be. No, you it's not you. It's not true. It can't be. Ah, I'm falling. Oh, you caught me. <laughs> you owe me an explanation. Young man, you sit down and tell me what's going on this instant. <laughs> well, I'm 500 years older than you, Elena. <laughs> that is totally Continue. fine. <laughs> I did want to say, you know, like when we read The Forbidden Game for Paper Cuts, and I was like, oh, yeah, yes. this is a fucking horror novel. Oh, yes. The feeling that, like, this isn't quite Forbidden Game level horror, but there's definitely, like, tinges. An effort to make it spooky. Yeah, it. it it has, like, a lot of stuff. So if you look at it just from, like, a bird's eye view, right? Mm-hmm. You've got graveyards. There's been a killer on the loose. Yep. Um, there's dilapidated churches and tombs being opened. And there's, a, crows. Uh, there's crows everywhere. And there's storms that come about. And um, there's the, I mean, obviously the big set piece of the Halloween thing. Uh, you know, a widow's walk, which is such a good trope. The two scenes with Damon where he just sort of appears in the darkness, you know? Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of spoopy going on. And I think by the time we get to four, like, four is a straight-up horror novel. Oh, I shall look forward to that. Yeah, so it's not creepy exactly, but there are definitely parts where I'm like, this is a spooky scene, I acknowledge that you're trying to make it a spooky scene, and I approve. Like, even the history that uh, Stefan reveals has a lot of spookiness to it. There's a lot of atmosphere going on. Mm-hmm. And as much as the the image of here's her dress and just ash, yeah. like, <laughs> has a lot of gothic horror romance going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very Poe. The idea of, like, this beautiful young vampire and she just couldn't take it. So she walks out to her favorite tree and no, 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 I can't look. No, no. And there's a pile of ash. Like I was expecting her to be like ash, but a skeleton. Yeah. Cause she wasn't that old, you know? And then the note and the ring and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is very good. <laughs> yeah. The, the ring token, the fact that she's like a sickly German girl, you know, yeah, it's all very gothic. Yeah. Very gothic. Like that was, that was hitting all of the notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I like the trappings of this story. It's such a shame about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> someone could write some very good fanfic that fixes it. <laughs> uh, someone has. Uh, that someone is L.J. Smith. It doesn't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, you know, we get yes. there. So... I want to hear your theories. What do you think is going to happen in the next one? All right. Well, clearly she's got to confront Damon and Damon's got to be like, what's up? I have eyes only for you. I don't know if it's going to happen. It's minor, but I feel like it would be super great if he had seen her in France. And that's why he's here now, because he followed her back, because that would make sense, because she only just got back home at the beginning of the book. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's doing mental manipulation stuff with Vicky and that he can use people to like drain them and shit like that. I have basically no idea where we're going, except that I know that Elena now has Stefan's blood in her. I think that she's going to end up getting a little bit of Damon's blood in her. And since the series goes where the series goes, she's got to die and be a, a vampire. So mm-hmm. that's what I got. We will see. <laughs> spooky ookie. Spooky vampire love. Tell me, you don't have to tell me what, but tell me, am I all wrong? 
uh, 50%. 50% wrong? That's mm-hmm. not bad. I'm 50% right. Yeah, pretty good. All right. Well, you got anything else? I don't know. I think that's that's about all I have on this. It was not a full story. That frustrated me. Mm-hmm. But even though I hated it, <laughs> um, and again, that's that's too strong of a word, but whatever. I'm not like, God, why are you making me read this? <laughs> because when we did Paper Cuts and we read Forbidden Game, mm-hmm. I really loved Forbidden Game. Yeah. So I know that this author gets better. Yeah, you know she can do good things. Yeah, and and can explore a character who is fucking evil in a way that makes me be like, okay, but I love you. (laughs) Right. Like, she can do this right. This is just her first attempt. Yes. This is a first book, and I acknowledge that. I'm in this for the long haul. Like, I know we're going to do this season, and then we'll do something else, Mm -hmm. and then we'll come back. But, like, I'm aware that this is not the best of her work. Yes. Sure. That is Vampire Diaries, and next time we'll be reading Vampire Diaries book two, the... Struggle. Struggle. The struggle. struggle. It's gonna be. (laughs) Well, thank you all for listening. You can find us at Backlist Podcast. That's over on Twitter. My Twitter is at Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. How about you? You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill. And thank you again to our patrons, Peter and Raven. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the perspective shifts, because that's what I thought would piss you off. Oh, well, so they switch back and forth between her and Stefan mostly, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so that's okay. There were a couple lines that it seemed like it was from Bonnie's perspective. Yeah, there are two sections that are explicitly from Bonnie's perspective, and both of those I was like, <laughs> oh, he's going to hate this. And I did. <laughs> but I didn't loathe it because I was too busy loathing Elena. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but like definitely randomly having the perspective. But like it wasn't even full chapters. That was the thing. Mm-mm. It was just these random little blips of Bonnie. Right. Actually, I only remember one of them. What, what were the What were the two? One was later on. So there was the one where she discovers Tanner's body because Elena wasn't there for that. Right. Okay. So that was the one that like felt like eh, okay. Uh, so there was that one, and there was another one. Hold on, let me check my notes. Oh, it was at the homecoming dance where uh, Bonnie and Meredith have to go look for oh. Elena after she's left with Tyler. Yeah. No, I hated that because that was just there to show us that they like. Oh my God, Elena! No, we have to all drop everything to go see her and make sure she's okay and doesn't make stupid choices that are hers alone to make. <laughs> right? That even after Elena's been heinously mean to them, they right? still like, drop everything to look for leave her. her. Alone, okay? Let her let her make her own choices. Right? She'll come back in the morning. You don't need to protect her from herself. Yeah, yeah. That scene was pointless. The Bonnie, Bonnie with the finding the body was like, I get it. Ha 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 ha.